This week has been declared the national mourning period for the victims of the deadly Halloween stampede in Itaewon that claimed 156 lives. We send our deepest condolences to bereaved families. Our thoughts and prayers are with the victims. The way we consume and share news today is largely rooted in social media outlets disputed, sometimes villainized, but clearly necessary for today's discussions for reasons why we've decided it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online in detail. From the hottest issues and trends for our daily social media minute, we're joined by Yerika. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us, Yerika. Uh, It seems like we're getting more details on the Itaewon crowd surge that did lead to the deadly crush. Uh, More details and transcripts of uh, desperate emergency calls exposing the mishandled response. That's right. There is mounting evidence, it seems, um, as well as a series of official apologies by government officials and uh, police authorities uh, that are pointed glaring failures on the night of the Halloween tragedy that happened in Itaewon over the weekend. Uh, Many people, including uh, local residents, as well as witnesses who were there on site, say that uh, local uh, officials and police were simply not prepared Mm -hmm. enough for the crowds that had gathered that night and uh, struggled to manage them once uh, they had arrived. Mm -hmm. Now, the first call to the police from Itaewon, we now know, came at uh, around 6.30 p.m., uh, several hours before the crush took place. Uh, The caller uh, said that uh, they were on the main street of Itaewon and that an alley next to Hamilton Hotel was becoming dangerously crowded and uh, the police officer asked this caller uh, whether they meant that people, the crowd wasn't flowing well, mm. uh, that if people were to fall, uh, would it lead to a big accident? Mm. And the caller at the time responded, yes. Mm. Now, that was the first of at least 11 phone calls to the police over the next three hours. Um, and as the time went on, the callers sounded ex- increasingly distraught, distressed and desperate for help. Uh, but that night, according to local residents, the police presence was clearly not enough. We don't want to completely downplay those who were present because there were right. some police officers and we're getting mm-hmm. images and videos of those who were trying their best on the ground. Was there enough uh, police officers there? And uh, the questions are being raised as to perhaps it was insufficient. And yesterday, South Korea's police chief said their emergency response was, in fact, inadequate. It was the first acknowledgement from officials that they did not do enough to prevent such a crowd surge. That's right. Um, uh, we now know that uh, days prior mm-hmm. to the the Halloween uh, 
uh, event. Yeah. Uh, the local council of Yongsan-gu held two meetings. Uh, the first meeting took place on October 26th with the local police, uh, the local subway station chief, and the Association of Local Businesses. There was a second meeting the following day. Uh, but uh, for now, there is no evidence that anyone present at the meeting raised or discussed possible crowd control problems in either of the meetings. Now, after the accident, um, the head of the Yongsan-gu office, Park Hyung, told local media that uh, the office had done everything in their power to, well, they had basically done everything they could. She said that the Halloween celebrations had no single organizer, uh, which made it different from other Seoul City events, uh, that it was difficult to deem Saturday evening's mass gathering as a festival, mm. and that it was more a phenomenon. That's the term that she used. Um, and her remarks on uh, public radio drew some harsh criticisms, uh, and she has since apologized as well to the victims and their families. She's not the first public official to come under fire for just a distasteful wording. Um, it, it does seem that she, her interest is to ensure that the public knows that the Yongsan office was aware and, and they didn't have the authority to essentially intervene and prevent such a crowd surge. But, you know, internal investigations are telling us that they were very well aware that an event of such scale could be dangerous. It's not the first large scale event Itaewon has seen without a single organizer. Should they have they done more? Now, I think that's that's also a question still very much fired and being requested by the general public. Now, unfortunately, the blame game among officials are continuing. It doesn't seem like there's a single source of blame, but each has to be, I think, questioned legitimately and thoroughly. But the fact does remain, and this is the important fact, that no one stopped hundreds of people, mostly in their 20s, from converging into that narrow uh, alley, the sloped alley next to Hamilton Hotel that night. That's right. And experts say that once that happened, once so many people uh, converged in that alley, uh, what came next was nearly impossible to prevent. Uh, it was the narrowness of the, the alley that trapped them. Uh, there was a slope, which meant that when some people fell, it triggered a domino effect on other people. Uh, people were also moving in several directions at once. Uh, some people were trying to go up the hill, some down the hill, and everyone was just jostling and trying to escape the crush. Uh, there are clearly uh, more investigations into the matter, and the footage reveals that in a single one square meter, there were between 10 to 15 people in that very narrow alley. That's that's it, it not that's so much people that essentially you can't move in any sort of direction. You would go where the crowd sort of waves you. Exactly, and experts call that an atypical crowd. Right. You know, it's it's just dangerous. And instinctively, when people are trapped in such a situation, people don't really help each other. Uh, they, they're, they're, they're panicking, you know? Uh, they compete, they don't follow orders, and experts say that we can't blame these young people who pushed others, uh, you know, when they were under such extreme pressure. Because uh, we did see certain uh, footage, uh, and you see people, and some people in the crowd, uh, yelling, push, push. But as yeah. you've mentioned, I wasn't there, uh, how crowded it was, and what sort of panic uh, of voices you hear, it's hard for us to process. Yeah. Uh, the blame does fall on the authorities for failing to control the crowd in advance, uh, admittedly by the interior ministry and the police uh, chief. 
saying for the first time on record they apologize for not doing more in advance. Yeah. And for those of you who are asking, why were there so many people in this tiny alley? Mm. Well, one of the key reasons is that it's very close to the Itaewon subway station. Well, one of the exits anyway, uh, that has very high foot traffic. And and that's just on an average day and a celebration of such scale, it attracted even a bigger crowd. Uh, we're still trying to identify the causes. And, and while the blame game continues, and that's also a necessary part of the conversation, I, I think it's important to also be mindful of just using more sensible words to relay our thoughts. Because remember, what we say on social media, it, it travels far and yeah. reaches the families of those who, the lives lost in the Etoan tragedy, and that should be yeah. the focus. All right, let's move on into a related second uh, buzzword of the day. Families of Halloween crush victims are identifying the mountains of lost items from the night. Yes, uh, police have assembled shoes, many, many shoes, some 250 pairs of shoes uh, that are part of uh, 1.5 tons of personal objects left behind by victims and survivors of the tragedy. Uh, they have been laid out uh, in a badminton court mm. in Seoul, in Yongsangu district. Uh, there are also hundreds of pieces of clothing, um, you know, costumes, handbags, smartphones, you know, earphones, a uh, few passports even, uh, and at least one of them belongs to an American citizen. Uh, and uh, grieving families have been stopping by the gymnasium to inspect the belongings. Now, um, I read in a news report among the, the people visiting the gymnasium was a young woman. Uh, she was wearing a cast on her left arm and uh, she was she retrieved her lost shoe and she told local news reporters that she was in front of a bar in that alley when the crush happened. Uh, she even passed out uh, at one point uh, and uh, she she a foreigner shouted at her to wake up and she noticed her arm was badly bruised during the incident uh, and she she really tried to hold on until the crowd um, you know thinned out right. so she could be rescued. And, uh, you know, you know, family members were seen being escorted by officials who showed them to the tables. It's just another really, really heartbreaking reminder uh, for the families of the victims just days after the tragedy happened. It's only been days since the tragedy yep. struck. And uh, I can see that because the news cycle is inundated with small and big updates from the incident that... Yes. It's also, uh, you know, part of, I think, human nature to start to feel exhausted from the amount of information that is overflowing. But I, I had to refocus myself as well, thinking what's most important going forward? It is about safety protocol. Why wasn't it in place? And how do we fix a system that's clearly completely insufficient and trying to remain sensitive to the families of the bereaved? I, I, I think I think this is the most important angle. You know, um, Seoul Mayor Oh Se Hun was he he also made an official apology yesterday uh, to the public, and uh, he was actually seen, uh, you know, shedding some tears as well as he shared the story of one particular family who was really hoping that uh, their daughter would survive, but unfortunately she passed away. Well, anyways, uh, the Yongsan police officials 
are going to keep the gymnasium open mm. for 24 hours until this Sunday. Mm. Uh, the police didn't confirm yet how many of the items have been returned to their owners. All right. We'll continue to keep tabs on the story in the coming days and weeks, we promise. Um, but in the meantime, the last news cycle did have some updates from the pop culture industry. And because it's yeah. the first and a record breaker, we thought um, it's time to share. Taylor Swift apparently made history as she took over the entire U.S. top 100 list. Now, that's virtually unheard of. That's right. She has become the first artist in history to claim every slot in the top 10. That's from number one to number 10 of the U.S. singles chart. And uh, she has overtaken Drake, who held the previous record of nine top 10 singles back in September of 2021. Before him, the Beatles scored eight top 10s back in 1964. That's a big gap between the Beatles and Drake. Exactly. Now, Taylor Swift's chart domination is thanks to her latest album titled Midnights, uh, which has become 2022's fastest selling release. Uh, The pop star was ecstatic, of course, and she tweeted 10 out of 10 of the Hot 100 on my 10th album, I am in shambles. Uh, the the singer claimed the number one spot with the single "Antihero," and the song's chorus is already a, a TikTok trend. Uh, the rest of the top ten includes album tracks like "Lavender Haze," "Maroon," "Snow on the Beach," "Bejeweled," and "Karma." Uh, yeah, so th- it's really incredible what mm. she has with her latest album. And it's after her her kind of going radio silent on the possibility of a new album for quite some time and then surprising the fans by announcing that a new album was in the works in a closing moment of the 2022 MTV VMAs in the month of August. Yes. And again, like... um probably all of her past albums. Mm. This is a a very personal album for her. Uh, She has described the album as the story of 13 sleepless nights scattered throughout her life and a journey through terrors and sweet dreams. And, uh, you know, she's a very talented songwriter. We know that for sure. Mm. And uh, this is perhaps one of the most, uh, I don't know, revealing uh, yet of all of her albums Mm. since her debut. And I mean, she debuted when she was in her teens. So her songwriting based on her life experiences, as you can only imagine, evolved, dare I say, matured. So and the fan base has grown old with her. And I I think that's where the love and support really does come from. Now, in this day and age where we stream everything, including our own radio show, it's almost unheard of for uh, a physical album to reach record breaking sales. But, uh, you know, she sold 1.4 million copies. More than 1 million of the 1.4 million copies sold are in in CD and vinyl form, which is really incredible. And the album has been receiving rave reviews from the critics as well since its release in October. All right. So the title of the album is Midnight's. All it seems almost all of the songs on the album has topped the Hot 100 charts. 10 out of 10. The top 10 is dominated by Taylor Swift. Now, unfortunately, we don't have her latest album on her system just yet, but we're going to do a throwback to another successful Taylor Swift song. Sending Erica away. We'll see you tomorrow.
If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.